Yeah, baby. Eating dinner during the live session. Only I can get away with crap like this. Welcome to the live session, The Backyard Professor. I said I wasn't sure if I was going to come on tonight. I did make it back off my vacation, and I am back, and I am going to do the 6 o'clock tonight, and I will also do the 6 o'clock tomorrow night if there are some who did not make it here tonight. But I am back home safe and sound. I am in my library. I am having dinner, and we are going to have an audience appreciation night tonight. Mark Crispin, welcome, my friend. Newton Lemnos, Brazil connected. Woohoo, from Brazil. We love Brazil. I just got back. Yeah, baby. Yes, you were, Mark. You were first. So I just got back. I don't have anything prepared except to let you, my audience, know how much I appreciate you. What I want to do is have a conversation with you tonight, and you share with me some ideas on what you want to know more about. I will research those ideas, and I will do a podcast on them. How does that sound? Yeah, that's called audience service. Yeah, baby. And in the meantime, I'm going to eat on camera. I apologize. I know it's rude, but that's just tough biscuits. I'm starving to death, and I'm going to eat. <laughs> I've been traveling all day long. And I'm hungry, and I'm going to eat. No, I'm not going to try to be too rude. Mm. Pork sandwiches, they're good. Yeah. So, what I want to do, we will have a discussion tonight. And thank you, Mark. Hey, Barbara Westhoff. All right, Georgia, thank you. Elisa, welcome. Patty Cake, how are you? John Ross Barsky, welcome, welcome. Yes, you did. Mark Roach, yes. Excellent, good to see you. Hey, uh, my last live that I did on vacation really did not come out very clear. I was very, very disappointed in it. So I have to apologize about that one. My first live session on vacation in the Lolo National Forest turned out pretty decent until the last three minutes when I walked out into the forest <laughs> and the Wi-Fi did not do very good. My screen looked great, but when I watched the rerun, it was not very good. So I apologize for that. So, hey, Patricia Noll, yes. Yes, uh, you have me. Yes. What I want to do tonight, you guys, I don't have anything prepared because I've been on vacation, right? And uh, so I want to talk to you. What are some subjects that you want to know more about? What are some of the subjects you would like me to get into and share uh, from what I can research on about any subject you want. Now, that doesn't mean that I know anything about everything because I don't. I may have to say no to some of the ideas because I don't know anything about them. Maybe I could have you on as a phone interview guest or something. I don't know. But on the other hand, if there are some subjects that I can share with you after I research them for a few days and do some extra live podcasts, then I would be thrilled to do so. So, 
Yes, you did get here on time. Absolutely. So, yes, it is, John Musbarski. The, the uh, Lolo National Forest in Montana is exquisite. And I am going to make a video tomorrow that I will put on uh, the YouTube, and you can see it here on the uh, YouTube under the Backyard Professor, where under the Mormon Discussion Inc., where I will show you my hike, and I've got some great wildlife video. I have some fantastic forest videos and all kinds of stuff, beautiful scenery and so on and so forth. I'll put that out for you. And I appreciate you guys appreciating some of my nature videos. I know they don't get as many views. It's not That's not what it's about anyway. But if I can share with you some of the nice things. Hey, Tim Rathbone, welcome back. Paul Osborne, good to have you. If I could share with you guys some of the things that I'm experiencing, then I personally call that a success. Even if it has no words, just fantastic scenery of the world. So, yeah, I agree, Elisa. Correct. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, the mountain air does clear the mind. Maybe that's why I'm acting crazy and telling you guys, you tell me what subjects you want to know more about, and I will be happy to research those out and, and find some information and then share it with you. Or if one of you have a particular expertise, I'm very sincerely serious, we can get together and I can have you on as a phone guest. I am going to put together a process where I can have you as a video guest on my show. That is in the works. I just don't have the electronic oomph from my point of view, from my end yet, but I'm working on it. But I can have you as a guest and you, I would love to have you and your expertise in a particular area if you want or a personal experience, et cetera, or I can do it myself if you would rather have it done that way. So let's see what Forden Gamsey says. Forden Gamsey, welcome. Glad to see you here, my friend. I would love it if you looked into the Mesopotamian myths, Gilgamesh, Atrahasis, the Inanna poems. Oh, a man or a woman, after my own heart, I will do that. Thank you. What a fantastic suggestion. I love the Gilgamesh materials. And I have some whopping beautiful stuff. I'm going to write this down. Gilgamesh and Mesopotamian literature. Outstanding. Mesopotamian literature. I will do so. I will put some materials together. Thank you. What a fantastic subject. I love that junk or stuff. <laughs> Let's take a look at church finances and the ongoing lawsuits. Excellent idea. Church finances and ongoing lawsuits. There is quite a bit of shenanigans going on in that area. Definitely so. Uh, I love those hikes. It's too high. Oh, okay. Well, good. Thank you, Tim. I, I love doing them. I've got another one to show you from the Lolo Forest. I'm going to try to get it up either tomorrow night or Tuesday night, just so you know. Hey, Peter Higgs. Welcome. Hey, Newton Lemnos. Yes. Uh, Mark Roach says, how about the rise of apologetics in the church? the rise of apologetics in the church. And there is myriads of ways we can approach this. Excellent choice. Uh, 
I will do so. That is a great suggestion all the way up through to today and actually on the evolution of apologetics, how the, uh, how the evolution of apologetics has been changing. Hey, Wendy Rowland, thank you for showing up. Good to see you. How far up the level did Joseph Smith make it in Freemasonry? He did not hit the 33rd degree mark. Uh, I don't know who told you that, but I don't think that's correct. He was only a master mason. 33rd is in the Scottish Rite, and I don't think he did the Scottish Rite. So that answers that question. A good question, by the way. But no. In some respects, hold on, I got to chew this. In some respects, Joseph Smith was just a superficial Freemason in an official capacity. He really did not have uh, years and years like his brothers, uncles, grandpa, and father to be Mason, to be a practicing Mason. So he was not a 33rd degree. He was only a third degree. I think Tim Rathbone has that right. So, yeah, he was a rookie then. Yes. Good way to look at it, Mark. Yes. First degree entered apprentice, second degree fellow craft, third degree master mason. And it happened within two days. So, I mean, it's not like he practiced it for years and years. So, <coughs> excuse me. Okay. So he just joined to steal the rituals from them. Um, Maybe not just steal them because they themselves were changing their rituals also, as I explained in my uh, Masonic video live session podcasts, but he was utilizing them and he was changing them up to suit his particular purpose. But then that was the order of the day is the Masons themselves in different lodges were manipulating I call it manipulating, learning how to put together a degree that meant something to those people in that particular area. Even Albert Pike worked for decades to bring forth what he considered the true Scottish rite, and he pulled from the esoterica materials of the Mesopotamians, the Egyptians, the, uh, the ancient Eskimos. He pulled everything from everybody. So there wasn't a set orthodox true ritual for Joseph Smith to steal from in the first place. So I don't technically call it that. He was utilizing it, yes, for his purposes. There's no question about that. But stealing it, um, you could accuse other Masons of doing that with each other, and that doesn't mean a whole lot. So that's how I approach it, right? Uh, so uh, Swedenborg, oh, Patricia Knoll, absolutely. Swedenborg, and and I, I know, Patricia, that you have mentioned this to me before also, Swedenborg's visions, and I have said I will jump on that, and I will, but now I'm going to start putting this onto the front burner, the priority. Yeah, Swedenborg is fantastic. And and I'm not saying that because I am the know-it-all. I really don't know all that much about Swedenborg, but I'm willing to give it a shot to give you guys some good information. And I will do Swedenborg with visions. Yes, yes, yes. 
So where the idea that the dinosaurs came from remnants of other worlds that God made the earth from came from, is this from doctrine or member myth? I can tell you, Elisa, right now, that is Mormon myth, but it's based upon a uh, this idea that the dinosaurs are creatures from another world and that the earth is made from other worlds. There might be a little bit something to the idea. The, the substances of the earth, of course, came from the scattered remnants of supernova hundreds of millions of light years away, billions of years ago. That's true. But the actual dinosaur bones, no, we can do DNA studies. All bones ever discovered on this earth came from this earth. They belong here. Uh, I suspect that came from some very literalistic, fundamentalist Mormon kook job, and realistically, it probably was one of the Mormon leaders. I would be shocked if it was B.H. Roberts. I do not think it was. I'm not quite sure who. I don't think Talmadge would have fallen for that. Talmadge was too much of a very good scientist to put that kind of stupidity out. But uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure where I would trace that. But understand, it never was doctrine. It's always been just speculation. Uh, Mormons hate to commit themselves to anything. And so really, not much of anything they have ever said is actual doctrine. Uh, they repudiate what was said before once science shows that the former doctrine is just ridiculous. Then the Mormons claim, well, that was just his opinion, right? I mean, that's their out or so they like to think. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a very uh, convincing out. <laughs> so, but yeah, that, that's where that idea came from. So, hey, Doug Vincent, welcome, my brother. Yeah, good to see you. I'm glad you're here. I'm doing a member appreciation and audience appreciation tonight, Doug. Uh, I am taking suggestions from you, my audience, on ideas that you would like to see me talk about and discuss. Not that I'm an expert. I'm not sitting up here on a pedestal saying I am so much smarter than all the rest of you guys. You're all smarter than I am, but I'm the motor mouth with the camera and the and the account. So if you have a particular subject you'd like to see me research, or Doug, in your case, I've been with you as a phone guest before. I am setting up StreamYard here really soon so that I can also have guests on my program. But if you have a particular subject you like and you want to come back on as a phone guest with me and discuss it and you share your expertise instead of listening to me uh, act like an idiot, I would love to do that with you if you have a particular subject. So that's what we're doing tonight. Uh, so how does the church explain, Elisa asks, how does the church explain proto-human DNA in modern times? Elisa, that's a good topic. I'm going to, I'm going to write that down. Thank you for bringing that up. How does the church? <laughs> I've got a couple of ideas and I'm not going to tell you right now because I want to put a podcast on it. That would be an excellent podcast. Explain proto-human, proto-human DNA uh, in modern humans. Yeah. Excellent question, Elisa. 
and I will be very glad to explore that. I will put that down as one of my topics just to let you guys know. Okay, Doug Vincent, uh, hold on. He says, I want to know more about Sidney Rigdon and Alvin Smith. Yes, and you brought this up before. Uh, Sidney Rigdon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, great. I will write that down. Rigdon and Alvin Smith. Well, Alvin Smith died early. We know that. <laughs> a lot of help, right? Like I say, I promise I'm not trying to present myself as some kind of an, a know-it-all guru here. Uh-uh. I know all of you are vastly smarter than me. I just have the motor mouth and, and the account to, to share my knowledge with you guys. So, But I will put that down, Doug. Thank you. If you do want to help me with it, get a hold of me and we can work something out to where you can also be a guest or I'll just hand the phone over to you and you be the main speaker. That would be cool too. So, okay. Patricia says, Mushrooms for Mormons is a podcaster, the Divine Assembly here in Salt Lake City. I'm not quite sure what you mean. There is a podcaster named Mushrooms for Mormons. That's interesting. The Divine Assembly here in Salt Lake City. Uh, explain what you mean, Patricia Noel. That might be interesting, yeah. Oh, Gail, thank you. Unless you're saying that to someone else. Bless you, too. How did he memorize the degree so fast? Tim Rathbode? I don't think he did. Like I say, he had a special dispensation. It, it, it was more of an image thing to get him into Freemasonry, and then he utilized his already understood Masonic information he was getting from everyone around him to then integrate it into his own version of the ritual. That would be my take on it. I do believe Method Infinite talks about that a little bit also, Tim Rathbone. So... Yeah, I, I don't think he did memorize it. So what were the cultural influences at the time that influenced the composition of the Word of Wisdom? Elisa Gallien, again, an excellent question. What were the cultural influences at the time? I'm going to write that down, Elisa. Cultural influences, that would be a fun one to talk about. Plant influences uh, for the Word of Wisdom. Uh, there were quite a few of them that I've been recently been discovering too. That's kind of fun. It was definitely not just created in a vacuum from a revelation from God on high, who all of a sudden said, oh yeah, hey, by the way, Joe, I forgot. Here's a word of wisdom revelation for you. Why don't you start putting that into practice? Laugh if you will. That's how I was taught that. Uh, no, no, no. Joseph Smith had no interaction at all with anybody else. It was all based on pure, unadulterated revelation, which, which in my opinion is pure, unadulterated silly. It was not. So that's a great topic, Elisa, and I will cover that one. Yes. Thank you. Okay. John Rosmarski, good point. The Mormon belief of people on the moon. Well, it came true in 1969. Right? <laughs> but I know that's not what you're talking about. Of people on the moon. Yeah, I'll put that down too. That's kind of fun. That is actually a heavily 
culturally influenced issue. I've actually talked about that somewhat. I've hinted about it a little bit and expounded on it a little bit in some of my previous earlier uh, live podcasts, but I will I will do another special one on that. Uh, Alisa, accept paying tithing for your entire lives. Mormons will commit to that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, to the word of wisdom. Yeah, that's true, right? Good point. Hey, Scott, good to see you. Barbara Westhoff, thank you for showing up. Good to see you. Sorry to talk with my mouth full. I'm just getting back from vacation, and I didn't want to goof you up by missing a Mormonism live, or I mean a, a Backyard Professor live, so I'm doing something incredibly rude, and I'm eating while I'm talking to you. I feel bad about it, but I will get over it. Because after all, I'm the only dingling that can get away with crap like this because I don't take myself so seriously. There's no point in that. We all know that by now. I'm just another dunderhead in the wall. <laughs> so, yeah, good stuff, you guys. We're getting some fantastic topics here. Let me see if I can keep up with you. More info. Uh, Scott says, more info on Brigham Young as take over the church. More on Brigham Young and his takeover of the church. Okay, we can do that. Takeover of the church. I've got that written down. That will be a topic. Excellent. What else have you guys come up with? Um. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Heather. 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 I give you a gold star on that lovely forehead of yours. I love the topic you're asking about. Heck yeah. I can do a whole series on this. Let's talk about the Philosopher's Stone. Amen, sister. Yes, ma'am, I will. Philosopher's Stone on the agenda. Yes, I love that topic. And, and, and that, of course, that's going to bring in uh, alchemy, right? And and the history, the you know, you can go way back into Egypt and then bring it up through the Middle Ages. I mean, there are just boatloads of crap that is so delightful. So I love that topic. Yes, ma'am. I will, I will begin addressing that. Yes. I like this format, BYP, more in the future. Oh, well, thank you, Mark. What, me being a complete idiot, being rude on camera, eating in front of you, burping and slobbering all over my face? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, life's too short. You gotta have a little fun, you guys. I'm just telling you, there's no point in taking yourself so serious, right? Awesome. Okay, good. Thank you. Oh, Barbara Westorf. Oh, that's nice. Thank you for sharing that, Barbara. Barbara Westoff says, uh, Someone above him in Masonic Lodge signed off for him to get three degrees in two days. That is true. Um, my husband had to study quite a bit to be able to answer the questions associated with these degrees. He cheated. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that, that's all right. Yeah, that's very interesting. 
Yeah, it was a special invitation too, Scott. That that's how that's been my understanding. Uh, Joseph Smith was actually given a almost a special dispensation. So, and I suspect truly because of his standing in the community. I mean, come on, that had to be a part of it, right? <laughs> that makes perfect sense. Absolutely, fundamentally so. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, thank you, Newton. Oh, yeah, I forgot to put on a nice shirt. This is one of my, yeah, this is like a lime. What did you call it? The pistachio. Hey, I like that. This pistachio t-shirt looks great. Oh, you are too kind, Newton. Thank you. Let's talk about how rich Mormons treat poor Mormons and how success connected to worthiness. Ooh, yeah, I don't hang out with uh, rich people of any kind, hardly, uh, let alone Mormons. So I'm, you know, I would have to, that can get a lot into gossip. Yeah. Which can be fun. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, I will look into that and how success can success connected to worthiness. Uh, that's, I, I can work up something like that. Success connected to worthiness, kind of like the, are you thinking like worthiness? Are you thinking like the prosperity gospel theme, the idea? Because Jeffrey Holland just recently came out and made a major gaffe in that area. <laughs> I could bring that in real good too. So yeah, yeah, that that's a topic uh, that, that I will, that I will talk about. Y you know, look, you guys, there's nothing wrong with the Mormons right now. All they need is a Samuel the Lamanite to stand up on their city wall and preach repentance to them, just like the Book of Mormon, right? <laughs> Who wants to volunteer to be Samuel the Lamanite for them? Good luck with that. I think John DeLynn would make a good one. <laughs> uh, oh, hey, Ryan Martin, welcome. Uh, he is saying the... LDS 1886-1890 manifesto cover-up to appease the government on polygamy. Oh, man, is that a hot topic? Is that a topic worth discussing about? Amen, brother. I will do that. The post, I'm going to write it down this way to, to jar my brain that this is one of the topics. The post-1890 polygamy uh, how did you put it, my friend? Uh, let's see. Yeah, yeah. The 1886-1890 manifesto cover-up to appease the government. That's a polygamy cover-up. Yeah. Yeah. To appease the government. I will talk about that. That is a great topic. And that's one that can't be talked about too much for this reason. And, you know, I, it's not like I'm trying to gloat on this. It's not like I'm trying to crow victory or anything like that. But really, seriously, the sad thing is, as we well know, if you studied that history, if not, I will be glad to share a bunch of materials with you is uh, the Mormons got away with it for a while. And so uh, they think, well, Gosh, we did it once and it worked. We can do it again in this particular area and it'll work. And we can cheat and lie like hell about this particular topic and no one's going to be the wiser. And so basically we can, we can call the agenda. We can tell Jesus, take a flying flip. We'll control here from now, from now on, because we have hundreds of billions of dollars, right? I mean, isn't that, 
it, I know I'm I'm coming across as way too snarky, and I apologize. But I mean, when you look at the way they handle any of the social issues today, it just blows your mind at how freaking stupid these guys are. But they lie like hell anyway, you know. I mean, they've taken too many lessons from Donald Trump, and now they've outdone him. It, it's pretty pathetic, in my opinion. But anyway, yeah, fun stuff. I will, I will do. Oh, and another topic, Newton Lemos. When will Queen Elizabeth II be baptized in the London temple? <laughs> Hun, she's already been baptized. The prophet probably already did it for her in secret. That's one they probably would not announce and, and discuss and collaborate on. But uh, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they've already done it. And I'm stone cold serious. Yeah. A most important figure like that. Well, yeah, Mormons have to suck her into the cult too, you know. Besides, you never know. They may be able to convert her earthly riches into heavenly riches and be heavenly billionaires, right? Individually. I mean, that's what they love is the money. So who knows what they'll work up. Some kind of a miracle one way or the other. Oh, yeah, they do meet Sundays, huh? Patricia and Lowell. I just found out about this group. I, I don't know the group, but I will look into them. Thank you for the heads up on this, Pat. This dovetails to your hypothesis paper from last week. They are convinced that Joseph Smith used entheogens. Nice. Um, I will look into them. That's awesome. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, I I think I I think there's some validity to that. Okay, Elisa Galeen, Ezra Tap Benson, and his associations oh, with the John Burt Society, and how it's influencing the current polarization in the church. Oh, that would be a very important subject. Here's the catch: we technically can't do politics in our life. And I mean national politics. And the John Birch bullshit gets into that. And so uh, we've all kind of shied away from that. So, I mean, it's a wonder. Let me think on that. I'll see if, I'll see how, I'll check and see if I can find a way to uh, talk about that. Uh, um there's no question. It's just nut job bullshit. Anyone involved with that, you can quote me on that. Just say the backyard professor says you're involved with nut job bullshit. If you're still a John Bircher and all that, you got no clue. You have zeal without knowledge. I would highly recommend they read Hugh Nibley, Zeal Without Knowledge. Even though I don't like Nibley in a lot of his Mormon apologetic stuff, his zeal without knowledge found in the Nibley on the Timely and the Timeless is very important for John Birchers and those who still think Ezra Taft Benson has some kind of irrelevance because he was such a goddamn paranoid moron. And you can quote me on that too. Unfortunately, that does get into politics. And I, we we really try to stay away from politics, you know. I mean, it's bad enough that we're <laughs> we're in the religion because that gets us kicked in the teeth almost daily. But man, to get into politics, it it's uh, it's too hot. Unfortunately, that's so. I don't know. 
I don't know. Let me think on that one and I'll see and I'll get back with you on that. Would that be fair? But thank you for bringing it up. Like I said, I'm I'm open for all suggestions. Not that I can do all of them, but hey, Lorena, thank you for showing up. Golden Thrasher. Oh, hey, thank you. Yeah, hit the like button, you guys. Eight likes. Thank you. That's more than I usually get. I usually only get a negative nine or ten, don't I? <laughs> Okay, tea is against the word of wisdom, Doug. Ooh, Doug, are you sipping tea tonight? You get that teacup off your lips. You keep your holy lips sacred, young man. <laughs> okay, Wendy Rowland. Here's what Wendy Rowland is asking of me. I would like your take on the Mountain Meadow Massacre. My GGGG grandparents left the church over it. Very interesting. Uh, I've been told several stories and was wondering your take, Wendy Rowland. I will share that. Thank you. That's a great topic. Uh, share my take. I may be a few weeks out on this uh, because I do want to uh, reread some stuff and refresh my myself on this. But uh, yes, thank you. That's a great idea. Share my take on Mountain Meadows. Okay. I, I, I will do that. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of people who uh, have had trouble with the church over that issue. And, and in a way, I do too, for sure. But but I'll save that for a... <laughs> I'm glad I'm entertaining you, Mark Crispin. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Tim Rathbone. He comes out with it. BYP, some of us are eating at home watching you eat. Woohoo! Yeah, baby. Eat up, my fellow audience members. Thank goodness pork isn't against the word of wisdom. Otherwise, I'd break the word of wisdom even more than I do. <laughs> Makes you glad you're not Jewish. No offense to any who are. I understand it's all good. I mean, no disrespect. I'm just saying that from a cultural perspective, I promise. Okay. Lorena asks, wasn't there another Indian massacre at Bear Lake? Um, there could have been. I, I honestly don't know. See, here's where I get to show off my great fund of ignorance, huh? Yeah. Oh, thank you, Barbara Westhoff. That's very kind of you, ma'am. I appreciate you saying that. You are real. This is your first time on. Well, welcome. Thank you for showing up. Uh, we do this at least once a week. Sunday night, 6 o'clock is my main time. I also do a Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for like a Sunday school thing. I share what the Mormon church does not share with you in Sunday school. And then every now and then I will do a an extra live on the cuff or off the cuff. Uh, 
I mean, sometimes it can be at six o'clock on a Tuesday night, sometimes 11.30 p.m. on a Thursday night, sometimes 6 a.m. on a Saturday morning, then 10 a.m. on a Saturday morning, then 2 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon, then 5 p.m. on a Saturday evening, and then 9 p.m. on a Saturday evening, and then do my Sunday. You know, it depends on what kind of mood I'm in. Now, the thing I love about what we're doing tonight, you guys, you, my awesome audience, with you sharing your ideas of what you want to hear, this is going to get me stoked so that I do more than one podcast a week if I can, and or two podcasts a week, and share some of these fantastic ideas that you guys want to hear. That's what makes this so much fun. I, I mean, it's one thing for me to sit here and act like a complete moron and adult and show off how stupid I really am, but when I can share what's within your heart on subjects you love to hear too, man, that makes this fun. That's what makes it worth it, right? So anyway, Scott, welcome. Scott. Yeah, that's true. You only move up in the ranks if you're part of the club and everybody here is. Yeah, baby. Oh, hey, Randy Jordan, brother. Welcome. I want to introduce all of you to Randy Jordan, my dear friend now who used to be my arch nemesis when I was an apologist. Right, Randy? Oh, the times we had. Thanks for showing up, Bubba. Very good. Nice to see you, buddy. Uh, what we want to talk about, how about that crimson tide? <laughs> yeah, how about that crimson tide? Yeah, we can talk about them if you want. Absolutely. No, I'm just getting ideas from Subjects that people in my audience want to know more about, and I can do some research because I don't know anything, but I'm the idiot with the uh, with the program, right? So I'm the one talking, and I can share some ideas on, on various themes that people want to hear. Yeah, Brian Martin, that's a good point, too. Scott asked, is there anything to the early church's debt to the government and some government influence of the early church? Not like today. Of course, some Mormons are trying to take over the government secretly behind the scenes without letting us know it by getting their own leaders put into uh, the Senate and the Congress and all that. Maybe a bit out there, but it is some interesting, yeah? <laughs> oh, let's see. Hugh Nibley was a genius whose mind was used for the wrong topic. Ah, John Baker. Boy, isn't that so close to the truth, if not the truth. Yeah, yeah, it really was too, so. Oh, let's see. Two things we don't talk about, politics and religion. Yeah, I know. Yeah, right. Honestly, we'd like to, we talk about religion here, but politics can get a little iffy. So we kind of, we try to, you know, that's eggshell material, right? We mean no offense. We don't want to divide you, the audience and all that jazz. We don't, quite frankly, it's vastly better for us personally, not to give a fly and flip about whether you're Democrat, independent, Republican, uh, communist or just none of the above, whatever you're fascist. I, we don't give a damn. We just want to have 
a situation where we can all learn together because we've all been through some pretty wickedly bad religious things. And we've had some bad psychology thrown down our throats and we're regurgitating it back up. And uh, rather than rebelling, we're looking for the further light and knowledge that Father promised. And true, it does get offensive to uh, certain kinds of Mormons, and that's just too bad because we're after truth. Politics, not so much, but religious, historical is what we focus on more or less. And then spiritual. I like to, you know, yeah, it's one thing to really sock it to Mormonism, but it's another thing to try to figure out how do we help elevate, improve, and expand and enlarge our own spirituality. And a lot of my videos uh, have a tendency to start leaning into that direction. And, and it appears that my audience has enjoyed it and approved of it, which is good because I'm going to do it anyway, whether you approve or disapprove, but I, I love doing it. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> Richard, Richard Petchak, thanks for showing up. Yeah. Nibley was crazy smart and also just crazy. <laughs> well, that, that describes about half of us <laughs> on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> uh. That's an interesting point, too, Barbara Westhoff. Of course, they lied about the 1890, quote, revelation, right? Yeah, revelations are supposed to end with, thus saith the Lord. What was that revelation? What was the last revelation that ended that way? Hmm? Yeah, thus saith the Lord. You no longer need to say, thus saith the Lord. Just make up your own stuff. <laughs> Who knows? That shirt's one and one, right? It could be scripture someday. You never know. Wackier things have happened. Okay. Yeah. Mark Crispin. I can't wait to hear all of these awesome future topics. Me either. It's going to be fun researching them. Absolutely. Hey. Jess Sus, the eternal investigator. Yeah, yeah. Brigham Young, at a towering five foot tall, owning the largest whiskey distillery this side of the Mississippi, Valley Tin. Valley Tan, sorry, yeah. Yeah, additionally, Utah being a slave territory. Yeah, easily what Heavenly Father wanted, right? And he also didn't really like the blacks either. That is Heavenly Father. That's why Brigham Young received the revelation to keep the priesthood from him, which, of course, today's Mormon leaders throw Brigham Young under the bus, of course, because socially that is really inconvenient tragedy. But in Brigham Young's day, he didn't care what they thought. They do today, though, so it's very important to be socially respectable now. Yeah. Oh, 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 Forden Gamsey. Yes. Gordon Gamsey. Yes, I certainly will. I had a discussion with my daughter on this topic on my vacation. Uh, 
Absolutely. He says, I kind of hope you continue your Divine Feminine series. I can put together an entire Divine Feminine series. The amazingly interesting thing that I've noticed, and it's not because this is what I'm after, but I've noticed that the feminine, the Divine Feminine subject receives less views and less likes than when we rail against the patriarchy. I find that just so fascinating. Yeah, so less people are interested in the divine feminine than they are us kicking the divine patriarchal right between their legs. <laughs> That's fascinating, isn't it? But the divine feminine, I will write that down because that is one of my favorite topics. And I have utterly, I have more on the divine feminine than the apologists have on the Book of Abraham and Book of Mormon combined. And I'm not bluffing. There, I could do a hundred video series, a hundred of them in a session, in a series, I mean, on this divine feminine subject. It's that huge. Now, of course, the Mormons, nobody tell the Mormon leaders because they really don't have a freaking clue. They don't know how large this topic is. They think them and their God is the only thing in the universe, so nobody tell them you know, keep it down a little bit. We wouldn't want them catching wind of the true doctrine when their revelations tell them otherwise, right? So, yes, the divine feminine. I will be happy to begin uh, throwing more of that in as well. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, it, it's just such a terrific topic. I mean, the symbolism, the Oh my gosh, the religious view, the spiritual view, the, the historic view, the archaeology. I mean, it has everything going for it, man. It's one of the big topics. Thank you for bringing that up, and I will uh, continue that. Absolutely fundamental. George Washington, hey Duke, how you doing? As a 32nd degree Mason, I loved the recent series. Thank you. I appreciate that. I was interested to read that the Quorum of the Twelve, Joseph and Hiram, had irregularities. Yes, they did in their lodge, then did a cover-up as per usual. Absolutely. Not only that, but they were expanding so fast. And I don't mean just in the Nauvoo Lodge. They began building other lodges. And uh, the Grand Lodge was afraid that they were going to outnumber everyone else and take over Freemasonry. And I think that was one of the, uh, I think that was one of their instincts. I, I think good or bad, right or wrong, doesn't matter at this point. Uh, they were so fearful that I believe they took it upon themselves to do something about that to prevent it. Yeah, yeah. It's it, in some respects, uh, it's an ugly issue. In other respects, it's utterly downright fantastically fascinating. Yeah. So thank you for that. I appreciate it, and I appreciate you watching the series. I hope you'd give me a couple of likes on the button. Yep. Go to the backyardprofessor.org. That is my podcasts. Uh, I'm not on video, but the podcasts are available for your listening pleasure. And if any of you, if you can, uh, if you could give me a, a donation, that would be wonderful. I, it doesn't matter the size. It doesn't matter the frequency, just a one time or 
once a week, once a month, once a year, however you want to do it. If you could and would, I would appreciate it. If you can't, don't sweat it. Don't stop showing up and coming back. I love you just the way you are. Please come and participate with us and have a ball with us, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So thank you for that, George uh, Washington. Hey, Duke. I do appreciate you saying that. Yeah, I know. I'm not eating donuts. I'm eating health food. It sucks, but someone's got to do it. I am so fat and out of shape. I've got to do something. Although I have lost 15 pounds, but my doctor says I have to do better. And he's right. I really do. But I mean, pork with uh, wild smoke flavored salt is really irresistible. You know what I mean? So there it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one, Scott. That's a good one, Scott. The idea of all the changes to the endowment over its lifetime from its origin. Yeah. Um, I will write it down. The problem is we have no desire to you know, you get into the temple endowment, and it's and it's a tricky area. It really is. Um, yeah, you want to backhand them and slap them, uh, and yet at the at the same time, we half of the problem in the world is there is no respect anymore for the other, <coughs> and for what the other considers important or sacred. And the endowment uh, Mormons are exceptionally prone toward that, so that even saying the word endowment can nowadays almost get you excommunicated. So that's a tricky subject is what I'm trying to say. I will ponder on how I can go about sharing more information on the endowment changes in history. Uh Excuse me. I'm not against doing it, but just understand uh, it's a tricky subject. So just, and, and you know that, right? So, but yes, uh, speaking of the word of wisdom, try that hard root beer that Aldi sells yummy. Randy Jordan, I will try that. Yeah. Now that's root beer with the root, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, hey, Zanny Banani, I'm glad you caught me. Welcome. Welcome to my live. Good to see you. Yeah, uh, Gail Capson, you're excited about the Sydney Rigdon. Me also. Yeah, I think Doug Vincent has a point. Um, we we have a, a tendency to focus so dad blame much on Joseph Smith that some of the other one, uh, some of the other very important people in church history kind of get left out. And uh, so, yeah, that will be a good one for me to research and and catch up on. Uh, let's see. What else? Hey, Mike Langley, it's Carrie with a K, K-E-R-R-Y. I mean, I'm not offended. It's okay. But just so you know, it's Carrie, not Terry. No big deal. I probably I probably talk too fast, and so it does come out sounding like Terry. And yes, I've been called far worse. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So, yes. Yeah, everybody likes Randy. Good. Yeah, welcome Randy Jordan. He is a good man. 
I don't know what he's good for, but he's a good man. <laughs> Sorry, Randy. I'm just kidding. Okay. Shalema. Okay. Always excellent, excellent stuff. Thank you, but just way too long with way too many digressions, way too verbose with extraneous and unnecessary verbiage, sometimes almost like reading the Book of Mormon. Ouch! Okay, Shalema, point taken, yes. Yeah, my style needs to be improved, and I will try to do so as well as I can. Thank you for pointing that out. It's all good. I will, I will try to uh, improve that. So, did they really bury the foundation of the Salt Lake Temple during construction? I, I have no idea. I truly don't know. Herschel Walker would make a great Mormon, <laughs> just as long as they don't put him in the leadership, right? I mean, come on. You know the white boys aren't going to do that. And, and that's just the way it is. So, yeah. But good point. Yes. This is religious therapy for the spiritually abused. Love. Oh, Scott, that's very kind. Uh, actually, um, I believe all of us under this umbrella of the uh, Mormon Discussion, Inc. group uh, actually try to make that a goal. Yeah, the, the, the theme of spiritual therapy, because we've all we've actually come to an understanding that we not only we feel, but we recognize now that actually we have been abused and there are some of our loved ones who are being abused and there are some friends who have been abused and are being abused. Now, once you get to that point, sometimes it's hard to know, well, now what? And so this is one reason why we do the, not only the variety of podcasts that we're doing, not only the variety of the live sessions and the variety of topics and subjects, because we're all struggling with damage done to us, right? And some are more sensitive than others. Some really need some doctrinal help. Some need some psychological help. Some need some spiritual help. And so I think with the with the entire uh, corpus that is offered of materials under the Mormon Discussion, Inc., I think we do decent about presenting materials that can help everybody, no matter where you are in your situation. So thank you for, for mentioning that. That does mean a lot. Uh, that's very helpful because that helps us recognize uh not only that it's valuable, but that we're doing something to help a fellow man and a fellow woman and a fellow human being. And that means everything to us as far as we're concerned. So thank you. That That's important for us to hear uh, feedback like that every now and then. Uh, Mormons and multi-level marketing. Oh, Utah, the fraud capital of the world. Hey, uh, I will do that, Elisa. MLMs and Mormonism. Yeah. And, and it's been done before, but uh, not in the backyard professor style. So that might be worth looking into. I will put that down on my list. Here in just a few minutes, I will read to you my list of topics that you, my audience, want me to look into and which I will begin to and begin presenting uh Backyard Professor Live. Now, understand, you guys, there's going to be times when I do uh, an off-the-cuff 
live session. And there's several of you who will not catch the live session. That's all good. You don't have to. They are recorded. You can watch the video. So if you do miss the live session, please don't be discouraged. Just watch the video. And especially if it's a topic that you really, really wanted to hear about, you know. If I don't present it on Sunday night at 6 p.m., please don't be upset with me if, if I end up doing a, an off-the-cuff Thursday evening one or a Friday or a Saturday or even several of them on a Sunday. See what I mean? D don't be offended with. Don't, don't get mad at me. I can't do everything on Sunday night at 6, but I can do some of them, and I will. So anyway. Uh, Orrin Rockwell. Mark Crispin says Orrin Rockwell, Joseph's bodyguard. More information on him would be great. Yeah, Orrin Porter Rockwell. There's always good stuff on him. He's like uh, Jay Golden Kimball. You want me to do some Jay Golden Kimball? You thought Mark Twain was funny? Jay Golden Kimball is absolutely hilarious. I would do one on him, too. So Orrin Porter Rockwell, and I'm going to write down Jay Golden Kimball. Uh, he's my very favorite. Now, if general authorities could get the spirit like he did, none of us would have quit going to church, right? You think I'm kidding, huh? No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> Last bite, and I will no longer be rude talking and eating at the same time. Radio Free Mormon. Welcome, my friend. You never miss anything important here because I don't do anything important other than blab and gab and have fun, right? No, tonight, RFM, I am taking requests from my audience on what they want me to talk about. And I've got a great list. So... I love more on Porter Rockwell. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's two of you. So we'll do some Porter Rockwell. Absolutely. Uh, Debbie Joe, it's okay. Welcome. I'm glad you're here now. I'm just, I'm getting ideas from my audience who uh, want to, who want me to share specific topics. Look, there's, there's quite a few of us here right now. Let me rerun over what you guys have requested that I research and then do a presentation on, okay? Here we go. Here are the topics that are going to come up on, on many future, real near future Backyard Professor Live sessions. Gilgamesh and the Mesopotamian Literature. Church finances and ongoing lawsuits. The rise of apologetics in the church. Swedenborg's visions and how they tie in and relate to Joseph Smith's. How does the church explain proto-human DNA in modern humans? Sidney Rigdon and Alvin Smith, another great topic. Cultural influences for the word of wisdom, fabulous. Mormon belief of people on the moon, again, a great one. More, more on Brigham Young and his takeover of the church, always interesting material there. The Philosopher's Stone and Alchemy, one of my personal favorite subjects. Uh, where is it in Mormonism, perhaps, might be a fun speculation. Success connected to worthiness, that's an interesting psychological study. Yeah, that would be fun. The post-1890 polygamy cover-up to appease the government, that's a brutal one. 
against the church. Absolutely. My share to share my take on the mountain meadows, which will be fun. The divine feminine, which is one of my favorite topics. They want me to continue on with that, which I will. The endowment changes in history. I've explained some of my, uh, concerns on that, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to do it. I just have to be somewhat careful. Uh, Multi-level marketing and Mormonism, and then you want more on Orrin Porter Rockwell, and then I will be happy to do some more on Jay Gold and Kimball, and it will make you laugh your asses off. He was spectacular. So, fantastic topics, you guys. I'm really glad you're sharing. So that's what you missed. RFM. So you tell me, my friend, what topic would you like me to research and then do a, a podcast on? Or would you like to do one with me? That would be fun. Maybe I can come on to your, uh, maybe you can interview me again or something and we can do a topic together. That could be a boatload of fun. Let's ask the audience if they would like that. We never did do a second follow-up anyway, did we? Okay, so here we are. Yeah, thank you, Mike Langley. Yeah, yeah, that is a great topic. It is. Uh, and there's a lot more to it than that, too. Okay, uh, Debbie Joe has been welcomed. Thank goodness. Yes, we love Debbie Joe. Uh, another suggestion to hit that like button. Thank you all for being so kind that way. Uh, Mormons and anti-feminism, anti-ERA and the secret power of feminine femininity and similar books. Uh, yeah. Mormons and anti-feminism. Yeah. And I know Bill Real and uh, Radio Free Mormon have done uh, several of these topics also. And that, that might be nice because I can fall back on some of the stuff they've said and give you my own take on that. And I believe they have covered the anti-ERA. Anti-ERA. I was in high school when that occurred and Sonia Johnson and all that. And that was some tough stuff. I will write that down. It is always a topic that is of a concern simply because of the power grab and the cheap pop stupid psychology that the church abused its priesthood power and so actually has none if Joseph Smith's a true prophet. Yes, these dinglings in Salt Lake love to testify that Joseph Smith was a true prophet, but he's already damned their own priesthood if they had the brains to figure that out, but they don't. And so they probably won't like it when people like Radio Free Mormon and the Backyard Professor and Bill Real and John DeLynn and others point out to them that, yo, hey, dumb, dumb asses, your priesthood's phony. You don't have the power. Here's why. Joseph Smith said this, amen to the power of the priesthood. You do this, so therefore, amen to your priesthood. They won't like that. You know, it offends their spirituality as if we give a fly and flip about that, right? So why did they stop wine for the sacrament? Indeed, that goes to that entheogenic series that I did, and I never followed up on that. That might make a great follow-up. Why change wine in the sacrament? Yeah, their excuse for it is flimsy as all get out, of course. But, you know, they make excuses about everything from seeing Jesus to having their second anointing. So who knows? Yeah, bite the church in the backside. That's what we love to do when they deserve it. Yes. So uh, 
Oh, Debbie Joe asks, I could use a book recommendation. I have a huge reading list. It's fun, but it's also exacer exasperating, isn't it, Debbie Joe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know where to start. What would be a good primer on finding my philosophy post Mormonism? <sighs> that's yeah. That's a that's a great question. Uh and yeah. That's like an individual asking the Mormon church, would you help me find my spirituality? That's actually your individual quest, dear. Uh, I, I can give you pointers and suggestions, just like everyone else can. But ultimately, honestly, that's one we can't do for you. Now, I will tell you two things. And I know that's a negative view, BYP. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Go ahead, slap me. However, uh, one author who without question has truly helped me. Now, I read him many years ago. And I read him, uh, not exhaustively, but but I did read him years and years and years ago, uh, sporadically for a few years. And it was fun. It was kind of a cool uh it was a cool discovery, but Alan Watts. The nice thing about Alan Watts now is the YouTube videos are immense because they found so many recordings that he made that never got printed. <coughs> there is a lot of people on YouTube who have posted those recordings. The Alan Watts Foundation, once a year, it's run by his children, his son and his daughter. They will assemble in the foundation. They will get a group together and they will assemble several of the lectures that he gave that were recorded and they will put that into book form so that once a year there is a new Alan Watts book that comes out. I agree. And I, I've heard this as part of the this is part of a criticism. I get all of that. Yes, there are repeats. Uh, there is somewhat of a repetition to Alan Watts, but any good philosopher, when they get their teeth into a subject, will repeat themselves somewhat. There is always repetition in a good philosophy, somewhat, not like the Mormon repetition on the sixth grade level. No, Alan Watts is much deeper, broader, and more profound. My personal suggestion, that's what helped me. The other one that I would tell you that has helped me immensely, and this is kind of an oddball, weird thing, but I mean, since you're asking, I'll be happy to oblige you with one thing that has actually truly helped me, and I'm trying to find the book so that I can show it to you, and I can't find the book, but I will tell you the subject. Look up. On Google, you can Google Paul Foster Case and get his book on the tarot and his book on the Rosicrucians, the true order of the, the true Rosicrucian order, something like that. I can't remember the full name and, and I don't, oh, I don't have it right here, but uh the Paul Foster Case is superb on the tarot 
and put it together with this one. Jason Lauderhand, the Thursday Night Tarot. Those two, Paul Foster Case and Jason Lauderhand with a tarot deck, can get you stimulated intellectually slash spiritually to explore more than you would otherwise. That's their value. I can't tell you what you'll find. That's entirely up to you and how the universe wants to give it to you, right? But from my personal stance, that's what I would advise you to do. Uh, those three authors for a start post-Mormonism, because yes, it's fun to diss on Mormonism. It's, it's fun to backhand the abject stupidity, yes. But tearing something down year after year after year does not build our own spirituality. And that's what a lot of my videos are beginning to try to incorporate more is what about our spirituality? What do we do with that? I believe that's what you're asking. My advice, Alan Watts, anything and everything the man has written, listen to him on YouTube. There's hundreds of videos. They do YouTube shorts where it just gives you a three to five minute excerpt of what he says. They are fantastic. And there's hundreds of them. Look him up on YouTube, Alan Watts. And then the other authors I would highly recommend in, in a, quite frankly, a different kind of subject for real is Paul Foster Case's book on the tarot and the Rosicrucians and Jason Lauderhand, the Thursday Night Tarot. That would be my personal advice. Anyone else in the chat who gives you other advice, feel free to go along with that also. But understand you're asking about your personal quest, which is wonderful. We can help, but we can't tell you what's right and wrong. That comes from within you. So you're in a very exciting place, Debbie Joe. I'm just saying, fun stuff. And of course, you're welcome to share it and talk, talk with any of us about it. You can get a hold of me email, and I'll be happy to converse with you privately as well. So fun stuff. Thanks for bringing that out. So I just wanted to say that. Yeah, Tim Rathbone, I agree. The divine feminine is very important. Okay, I would be happy to join a discussion on the divine feminine magna mater and the connection to the Vatican. Uh, Elisa Galeen, that would be fun. That would be fun. Maybe we can set up something. I, I will see what we can set up. That would be cool. Cannot have divine masculine without the divine feminine. Otherwise, there would be no creation. Heather, spot on. Yeah, spot on. That's like uh, a wave. You have a crest of a wave, but there's no such thing as half a wave. You also have a trough. It's like life and death. You can't say there's only one without the other. And you can't say there's only the other without the one. They both exist together, just like a wave crest and trough. Yeah, feminine, masculine. And each one of those aspects are actually within each one of us. And when we become unbalanced, this is the whole concept of the yin and the yang. You have to balance the masculine with the feminine in you. And there is some wonderful material on that with the... Uh, the Carl Jung and the physicist Wolfgang Pauli, 
the Jung Pali letters, which I just got a new book on vacation about with their wonderful interaction. Uh, Pali was so out of balance with only his masculine coming through and how Jung and his helpers helped Polly connect to his feminine side. That would make a great podcast as far as that goes. And I will do that too. So yeah, that, that's a great idea. Start a, a discussion on the divine feminine. That could be good. Yeah, yeah. Mark Crispin, I agree with you on, on your recommendation to Debbie. Read No Man Knows My History, but that doesn't help her with her own spirituality post-Mormon. At least that's how I understood her asking, but I, I agree with Mark 100%. You ought to read that book also, if you haven't. If you have, wonderful. So, <laughs> Luton, Newton Lemos, the last three unanswered questions, the third revelation of Fatima, the day of the second coming, and the real name of RFM. Yeah, well, good luck with finding out any of those. <laughs> uh, yeah, Debbie Joe, that was my understanding. If you're looking for non-Mormon type philosophies, I would say Alan Watts, uh, Paul Foster Case, and Jason Lauderhand without question. Truly, truly. Oh, nice. Thanks, Doug Vincent. Doug just informs me, says on the Divine Feminine News, Dan McClellan, who happens to be a Mormon Hebraist, he's very good with Hebrew, he is having a podcast on Asherah this Thursday night. That's excellent, Doug Vincent. Thank you for bringing that up. I may have to look into watching that. I like Dan McClellan. I know him well. I uh, He actually personally mailed me his uh, master's thesis, which was spectacular. Uh, yeah. Yep. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, listening to others' stories saves me. That's a good point, Gail. Yeah, that, that's actually... Yeah, let's raid the first presidency's vault. Yeah, well, good luck with that. <laughs> then you'd have to face their lawyers, Curtin McConkie. And remember, they do not keep their temple covenants. All they want to do is win and make the church money and hide the ecclesiastical sins. Just like good lawyers do. See, they're being really good lawyers. They suck at the Mormon gospel. <laughs> and they're not called to repentance by the brethren. So that means, by implication, the brethren suck at the Mormon gospel. They don't like hearing that, but that's how that works. And you know what? They actually do know that. Even though they may pout and scream and color, holler and shout and hold their breath until they turn blue and kick their feet, they know they're hypocrites. There's no question about it. So, Very interesting stuff. That's kind of the fun of doing these live shows, huh? I wouldn't be surprised if the vault by now is empty. Yeah, they aren't going to keep that stuff in the vault. They'll leave you to be misdirected, but I doubt they have anything in the vault. They put it elsewhere. They put it They put it in Curtin McConkie's safe in their office building. It would be safer there than the First Presidency vault. So. 
So anyway, yeah, Jay Golden Kimball. He went to a neighbor's house and told him some SOB stole my lawnmower. I wonder if it's over here. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Yeah, that's Jay Golden, huh? Yeah, Debbie Joe, absolutely. Oh, you're going to go raid the first presidency's vault. Well, we can't say anything about that then. It's too late. I just spoke it publicly. Dang it. Sorry. I just won't tell you the time. <laughs> Pick a time and don't tell me so I don't rat you out, right? Uh, you've wanted to know more about Parley P. Pratt. Well, uh, that's actually a, that is a good topic. Very interesting stuff. I have just recently learned about Parley P. Pratt. More on Parley P. Pratt. Okay, uh, that's a good topic. I, I, I personally, as an apologist, liked his brother Orson and his writings better than Parley, but Parley is a wonderful subject to study, absolutely. Okay. Okay, Patriarch of Blessings and Cold Reading. Uh, that, that has just recently been covered. Who was it? Was it uh, Bill and Radio Free Mormon or John DeLynn? No, it was Bill and Radio Free Mormon, I do believe. Talked about patriarchal blessings. I, I would advise you to go look at their stuff. That, that's that's good stuff. Uh, yeah, now you're arguing over who should be uh, elected in the new Council of 15. Uh, John DeLynn or Sandra Tanner? Uh, yeah, that would work. Ram Das, well, Ram Das is dead though, but yeah, I agree. Yeah, Sandra would be something else, wouldn't it? Oh, absolutely, Debbie Joe. You're very welcome. Yeah. I'm I'm here to help. Truly, you can you can uh get a hold of me through the through this station. You can get a hold of the go through the email and you can get my personal email contact from Bill Real, and I can gab at you email all you want. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Uh, studying Rosicrucian and ancient mysteries has saved my spirituality after leaving the church. Oh, Heather, that's awesome. I, I'm just going to ask you point blank. Have you read uh, Paul Foster Case's book on the Rosicrucians, uh, the true and ancient order of... I, I don't know where I put it, doggone it. And I hate always leaving my podcast area. I had it here. Hold on. I haven't left yet. I'm still here. Hold on. Don't don't anybody yell at me. I know you laugh like crazy when I leave the screen on my live sessions. But yeah, Paul Foster's case on the Rosicrucians. Look, that's so important. Hang on. I, I'm still here. I promise I'm still here. I haven't left the screen. It just looks like I have. Oh, here it is. See, that's called divine inspiration, folks. This one. The True and Invisible Rosicrucian Order, Paul Foster Case. Debbie Joe, this is the other one I was talking about. This is simply awesome. That's all I'll tell you about. That's worth reading. In my opinion, that was fun stuff. Truly true, along with Lauderhand and Paul Foster Case's book on the tarot, The Study of the Tarot. That, that's fun stuff. Okay, um, what else have we got here? <laughs> yeah, sure, 
Oh, well, thank you, Patricia Knoll. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I sincerely give you my honest opinion on the Alan Watts material and on the Paul Foster case and Tom, Jason Lauderhand. Uh, yeah, they're good. They're fun. They're fun. Yeah, uh, Carl Jung is fun also. Um, I have not made any kind of uh, exhaustive study on Carl Jung. I have studied his alchemy books, which are really good. Uh, I'm trying to think, where are my Carl Jung books? Anyway, one of these, I, I could do some Carl Jung. He was really good on alchemy, thanks to Wolfgang Pauli, the quantum physicist. Uh, and and his stuff on dreams came about because he, his research and his writings on dreams came about because the quantum physicist Wolfgang Pauli of the world famous quantum physicist Pauli exclusion principle for real. I mean, this guy was the real McCoy because of the dreams he was having. And he approached Jung and Jung studied out the symbolism of his dreams. He wrote entire books on that based on a quantum physicist's actual dreams. That's fun stuff, man. That's some hot stuff. So yeah, Jung is good. His stuff on the, uh, the, uh, Canunciones, uh, the Mysterium Canunciones. Wow. What a book. The idea of the reconciliation of the opposites. That is a spectacular book. And his Aeon, that was one of his last ones, if I remember correctly. That was that was him at the height of his power and full-scale uh, psychiatric and psychological power. And he wrote that book, Aeon. And I've read that. And boy, some deep stuff, man. Yeah, Jung is fun. Jung is fun. Uh, some people love him. Some people hate him. I mean, he's not the final end-all, be-all, but he's really, really very good. Quite fun. Can you interview Bryce Blankenagel, my favorite podcaster? Richard Petchak, what a great suggestion. When I get set up to do interviews with people live where we can see them and me on a split screen, which is going to happen very soon now. I have to get caught up on a few things first with Mormon Discussion Inc., and I am very close. When I get to that point, I will ask him to come on because he's one of my favorites too. I like Blankenagel. He's good. He was he was he was in on the Joseph Smith and Entheogens. I recognize his name. Fab, fabulous guy. Uh, how about a book study we read as a group and discuss? George Washington Hayduke. Man, that is a great idea. How would we pull that off, though? How about a book study we read as a group and discuss? We, maybe we can put together a uh, Zoom or a StreamYard. Let me get hooked up with StreamYard. That's a great idea. That could be a lot of fun. I like that suggestion very much. Don't forget to remind me again, George. Sometimes I'm slow on the uptake, so don't be afraid to gently uh, remind me again and again. Hey, the book study, you idiot. The book study. Don't forget that, BYP. <laughs> uh. Okay, yeah, Debbie Joe says she likes the idea of a book study. I'm with you on that, Debbie Joe. Um, 
Let's see what else is going on. Yeah, you guys are having fun. I love it when you guys have fun. All right. What are the connections between the Canaanite god El and Elohim and the Old Testament prohibitions against worshiping Baal? Elisa. That is prime biblical archaeological material. I'm going to write that down. I will gladly do uh, a series of podcasts on that. Canaanite El and Hebrew Elohim. Great topic. I have been interested in this topic for a long time. And so I will be happy to do uh, a podcast of that. Absolutely. And believe me, there are connections. Very interesting ones. Great question. Okay, Beyond Theology by Alan Watts. I have not seen that book. Wow, you mean I have a book of Alan Watts I don't have. Fantastic. Yeah, Gail, I didn't forget you. I don't mean to ever forget any of you. I'm not trying to, I promise. Sometimes it's hard to talk and, and do my thing and pay attention to the chat board. So please do not ever take it personally if I don't ever answer a question or say hi to you or anything, I promise. It's never personal. So, so all right. Oh, Randy Jordan, you are way past me in Mormon history, and so you're sharing some great stuff here. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, Swanee Speed Ramsey, thank you for showing up. Doesn't matter if you're late. It's all recorded anyway. Glad you could join us, though. Glad you showed up. I appreciate that. Always good to have people. Oh, nice job, Debbie Joe. <laughs> you took a screenshot of me holding the book. Very good. Oh, aren't you a clever one? Yeah. Oh, nice. Patricia, the new Watts book. It's coming out on October 14th. Thank you for the heads up. I appreciate that. I, I like I like buying his new ones. Uh, I think the Joseph Campbell Foundation have, is also doing something similar to that, where they're kicking out. Uh, I mean, Campbell was so dadgum productive, just like Watts, and they were both good friends too. Uh, they have so much stuff that still yes, even to see print, and now they're getting it printed, which is really cool. So let's take a look. Yeah, Paul Foster Case. Paul, uh, Manly P. Hall is good, too. Thank you, Heather. Manly P. Hall is good, too. I agree. Uh, that actually should have been one of my, yeah, yeah, yeah. Manly Hall is good. I'm not going to argue with that. That is so true. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joel Walker, good point. Uh, Bill Real and RFM have done uh, videos on magic and mentalism and psychic cold readings. Oh, and that's your specialty. How cool. Well, maybe we need to get you to talk about your specialty uh, as guests on the show. That would be fun if you're, if you're up for it. Just so you know, I'm throwing out an invitation. Wait until I get set up totally, though. Or you could do it with Bill and RFM. But man, that's excellent. No, no, no. Gail Capson, we can never have too much fun. 
<laughs> you gotta have fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, Scott, don't feel dumb. Everyone with Randy Jordan feels dumb, I promise. Uh, that man is so intelligent, it's close to illegal. I just don't want him to hear that. But yeah, he, he, he and I went the rounds, and I never could beat him, so don't feel bad at all. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I'm the one doing these podcasts, and I feel dumb 90% of the time. So see, we're all in the same boat here, right? Woohoo! Uh, Hebrew divination, the Urim Thummim. I actually have some real good materials on those as well from a ancient, from the ancient Jewish Hebrew point of view, which is really interesting. Uh, and Elisa, that's true. Early Hebrew use of animal symbols from earlier mythology. Uh, a lot of symbols get passed around between the various cultures and mythologies, and that, and this is how uh, symbols get into ever more meanings and why sometimes symbols have meanings that contradict, which is really odd. You know, you think, well, wait a minute. I thought there was only one true meaning to a symbol. Well, there are some symbols that have just one meaning. There's other symbols that can have 50 meanings, even though they contradict. And that's because those have been passed around. I mean, just take the symbol of the cross, right? Or, or the circle. I, I mean, criminy, you could even combine the cross, the cross in the circle. And how many meanings of that come out? <laughs> hey, that's part of the fun of the study, right? Absolutely. Yes, it's true, Mark. I do not own all books in the world. I wish I did, but I don't. Yeah. See, I don't either. I don't know how to do a screenshot either, Debbie Joe. So you're smarter than me at that. Isn't that great? So, yeah. Oh, yeah, you go, Debbie. Debbie Joe, if your friend needs some help, you go ahead and go. Go with our blessings. Actually, it's an hour and a half right now. And so I'm going to head out too. Uh, thank you. Let me, let me recap. Let me recap what we're going to, what, what, I am going to begin talking about. I'm going to start doing research in these areas for you. Gilgamesh and Mesopotamian literature, church finances and ongoing lawsuits, the rise of apologetics in the church, Swedenborg's visions, how does the church explain prototype human DNA in modern humans, Sidney Rigdon and Alvin Smith, cultural influences for the word of wisdom, Mormon belief of people on the moon, more on Brigham Young and his takeover of the church, the philosopher's stone slash alchemy, success connected to worthiness, the post-1890 polygamy cover-up to appease the government. Uh, they want You want to share my take on the mountain meadows. You also want to see, hear more about the divine feminine, the endowment changes in history, the multi-level marketing schemes and Mormonism, Orrin Porter Rockwell, Jay Golden Kimball, anti-ERA and Mormonism, why change the wine and the sacrament. Some want to hear more on Parley P. Pratt. Some want to know about the Canaanite El and the Hebrew Elohim. I think these are fantastic subjects. And so I will do what I can to start bringing these out uh, don't listen to Randy at all, you guys. He is too terribly smart. He's just BSing this man. 
Hey, I got to rib you, Randy. You defeated me in apologetics, my friend. So now I get a rib you. So that's just how that works. Woohoo! Help me find updated value of church stocks. That would be best done by Googling somehow. I have no idea what their stocks are. I, I really don't. Okay, you guys. Gosh, thank you for a fun night. Thank you for your suggestions on these topics. I will uh, I will get busy and studying these and uh, I'll bring out some I'll bring out some podcasts and live sessions on these topics and I'll, and I also will have uh, some more of what I am still producing uh, what I'm still studying in order to share with you too because the sky's the limit and that's the fun of this whole thing is uh, there really is no end to what we can talk about and get done together and do together. Yeah, baby. Like Mark Crispin says. <laughs> and I am getting a t-shirt with that. Yeah. Backyard professor says, yeah, baby. Hopefully we can get a good picture of me. Not like this dingling setup. I've got, I've got to get my hair cut. It's driving me crazy. I look like a dork. Oh, well, I act like one. So I may as well look like one, right? Okay, you guys. Hey, I appreciate you. Thank you for showing up tonight. Uh, tomorrow, um, yeah, there's a chance I can do a podcast tomorrow. I might do one tomorrow night. Uh, I know Mondays are somewhat difficult, but uh, Monday night, six-ish, seven-ish, maybe eight-ish, maybe even nine-ish. We'll see. But I might come up and do a hour-long podcast on possibly one of these topics. So we'll see how I'm doing. But All right, you guys. Appreciate y'all. Be good to all. Have fun. Have a good night. Rest or else if it's daylight where you're at, you have a great day and I will potentially see you tomorrow night. And if not, I'll see you on Wednesday's Mormonism live and then potentially many more podcasts throughout the course of the week and next weekend as well. So thank you again. Appreciate all of you. I will catch up to you soon. <laughs>